Hello and welcome to another episode of Bitter and Jaded. I'm your host, Joshua Scott, and today I have with me a man who is so cool, they had to put it in his name, my friend Nordista Freeze. What's up, bud? Hey, how's it going? It's good going. To, good to be seeing you, Josh. Yeah, man, good to see you as well. So what you uh tell people a little bit about yourself. All right, y'all. What's up? My name is Nordista Freeze. I'm an artist out of Nashville, Tennessee, primarily a music artist, and uh yeah, that's where I live here today still, and I, I just live to make art and make moments. I love uh, touring and playing you know playing live. That's my main thing, and uh, I just take it day by day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's something I've always noticed about you, man. You're just so chill all the time. Everything you post, like, the world could be on fire, and I feel like Freeze would be chilling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Actually, uh, speaking, the world is the opposite of fire. There's rain right now. I might have to put up my rain... Uh, my uh, umbrella. <laughs> you mind if I put up an umbrella real Absolutely quick? Absolutely put up an umbrella, man. <laughs> Sorry if it makes us have to pause. That's funny. Oh, that's cool. I might leave it in. I mean, come on. Who else is putting in an umbrella in the middle of the show? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Dude, I'm in business. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sweet, man. <laughs> Not bad at all. Looking like Mary Poppins, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all right, I'm back, I'm back. All right, all right. Well, I guess we'll continue the interview. This mild rain break, it won't hurt nobody. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so uh, how long have you been Nordista Freeze? I've been Nordista Freeze for, I don't know. I mean, in some senses forever, right? Because I, cause I go by it as like a person and an artist. But um, I don't know. I don't know when people started calling me that. I don't remember being born. The whole thing's kind of blurry. There's a, hazy, there's, a, there's a hazy beginning, but uh, I know I've been performing as Freeze for, I guess, about 10 years now. Nice, man. Nice. That, yeah. 10 years is a long time. People don't think that, but, you know, especially when you're younger, you know, it's just like, that's 10 years. That's, you know, high school was only four and people remember that shit forever, you know? <laughs> that, that's exactly true. And that's about when I started, right? It was about, uh, started performing, uh, like, in high school and, so it's crazy thing it's been 10 years, but it has. It's been a wild 10 years for sure. <laughs> what, um, uh, so you started out in high school. Like, do you, uh, were you one of those kids that were like doing like the, um, oh, what's it called? Like the, like the show and tell, showing up, getting up on class and doing the whole, doing, starting Nordista as young as you could, man? Hmm. That's a good question. I, uh, I mean, I've, I've been, I've always loved music and I, and I started making music like in middle school, mm. but I always felt like I wasn't, like I, I had a friend or two who were like, you know, the acoustic guitar, like good voice performers, you know, who had, who like could impress people in like that kind of way. And I, I never really felt like I had that at an early age. Like I was more just making, I was writing and making weird music, but I didn't feel like anybody wanted to hear it. Like I played in the talent show once and I, I thought it went pretty poorly. I was, just like, I was like, man, I don't think anyone in this school wants to hear what I'm doing right now. <laughs> well, I'm glad that didn't stop you, man. You know, those kids didn't know what they had on them, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, uh, I, I was, I remember being pretty nervous back then. And also like, I, I had a very, very weird music taste. So, you know what I mean? It, <laughs> I don't think anyone else was listening to like Animal Collective or whatever. The weird like psychedelic music I was listening to back then <laughs> at, at, at my school. Because I went to like a small private school, right? That my dad taught at. So it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I, w I was a little bit of an outsider when it came to like music taste and inspiration. <laughs> well, does the music taste come from your parents? Were they always listening to the weird psychedelics? Is this just freeze, man? No, they're not listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, they're they're listening to what well, was so. I mean, I do think my music taste does come from my family in a sense. I have an older brother who's given me a lot of music. I he started out on like or you know turned on to in like middle and high school, but also my dad is a big '60s pop fan, and that's really where I sit too. So there is definitely. A lineage there you know especially like the beach boys and the beatles were two bands i was raised on and they're still some of my favorite music ever right so <laughs> yeah man <laughs> oh. so what's that you said you're out there in nashville man what's the music scene out in nashville you know nashville is uh it's changed a lot even in like you know the small amount of time i feel like that i've been a part of the scene you know I, i'm born and raised here but i didn't um i didn't grow up like you know, I just grew up in the suburbs here. Like my, my dad isn't a musician. When I started finally playing out, like playing shows, like in high school, I realized a lot of the other high schoolers had some sort of like maybe insider connection to the music scene or industry. Yeah. And like the language they would use and, you know, just the, just the way that they carried themselves. I was like, I don't know what that is. You know, they're like, Oh, it's time to like load in or do sound check. Or we're going to backline this. You know, I'm just like, what is that? Like, I don't, I'm, <laughs> I remember showing up way too early to the shows and stuff. and But yeah, like uh, when I did enter the music scene here, especially like the more indie or alternative side of the scene, you know, not obviously the pop country side, but uh, I remember it, it was pretty punk. Um, Jeff the Brotherhood and a Diarrhea Planet. I don't know if you know those bands, but they were like really big in like the Nashville Underground and like Pujol and uh, Infinity Cat was this record label and like, I'd go to these shows and there would be, man, these kids who were like my age, it'd be like in high school and they just, you know, looked like total punks and <laughs> were smoking cigarettes. And I was seeing kids in the mosh pit and I never seen a pit like that. And, um, you know, now once I got more into the scene, I never quite felt like I was, I went that hard. Like, like I, I go hard, but it's, yeah. not, it's not rooted in as much aggression or like anger. Um, as I felt like a lot of those kids were, and, you know, as I've continued to play and like, I guess I had my part in shaping the scene, but also just, you know, been a part of it and seen it change and I guess seen more parts of it. There, it really, and just the way it's grown, it's really become very expansive. Like there's a really big pop scene now. There's obviously, there's always been a big like hip hop scene that I just didn't know about. Um, and yeah, there's all types of like alternative music now and different, especially like the whole East side, the East side of Nashville's got its own entire culture to it. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's expanding all the time in pretty much every direction and uh it's 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 a great place to do music it's nice. a great place to be nice yeah man. <laughs> that's awesome do you so when you first started out do you think that they were like uh not really inclusive do you think at first you were just like man they all don't want this freeze guy running around or do you think they were like nah <laughs> bring him in let's go <laughs> i don't think that well, i don't know it's hard to say because it's one of those things where it's like Am I just projecting my own insecurity? You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of times with musicians, especially like when you're trying to get into a music scene, I think it's oftentimes you can think like, hey, I think these people are kind of exclusive. But then the flip side is like, or am I just like very nervous? Yeah. And a lot of, you know, a lot of musicians don't actually want to be, you know, maybe they want their music to succeed, but they're not always as social as I am. Like I love meeting people. A lot of times when you meet bands, they're actually maybe just awkward people who, you know, it's not even that they don't want to talk to you. They're just shy or, you know, like they like to make music, but it doesn't mean they want to like go socialize and, you know, so sometimes I think I, looking back, I, I'm not sure if they were actually as exclusive as I thought they were. Maybe I was just very nervous, yeah. um, you know, and, and cause a lot of people really resonated with that part of the scene and actually wound up meeting the lead singer of Diarrhea Planet once in a parking garage. 
he was like working like as a security guard <laughs> and i just talked to him for like an hour and it's like one of the nicest dudes i ever met so i don't i don't think that i could like could frame it as exclusive but i definitely do remember feeling like i was on the outside of it you know yeah, yeah. for whatever reason that was and uh and, and that was like i do remember that in that formative time yeah well the kind of the reason why i ask is uh you know down here in savannah we have a. Uh you know, Savannah College of Art and Design. And uh, it always kind of seems like if you didn't go to SCAD, then we don't want you. They'll kind of be like, oh, you didn't go mm-hmm. here. Uh, or they'll straight up like, say, you know, like Craigslist and, and Facebook ads. They're like, we're looking for a SCAD artist. And like, I know a lot of people who are top tier artists that did not pay that money to go to SCAD. And they're, they're like, oh, you didn't go to SCAD? Uh, you need to get out of here. It's just like, ah, I, right. I hate that about this city, man. That's one of my, that's, I think SCAD does a lot of good, but I think it also does a little harm that people don't like to admit, you know? And I was just kind of wondering if they were like, for some reason being like, nah, 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 this guy here can't come in our little group. You know, it's just, I don't know. People are exclusive for no reason. I think it's not worth it. Yeah. Right. I, I think I can see that too. It, uh, I mean, I think here the, the equivalent is Belmont, Belmont university. It's a uh, private like school here. And a lot of the people who go there, like they have other programs, but music business is huge. And, um, it's, it's an expensive school and there are kids who like, a lot of times they'll be like a freshman will come into Belmont and they'll be like, you know, like I was the star of nowheresville, Nebraska, and I'm here to continue my legacy and, you know, make it in Nashville. And it's like, well, okay, hold, like, hold your horses. Like, <laughs> and, and actually like the, the level, the quality of, of like talent and just like straight up musicianship and like artistry in Nashville is obviously it's so high and it's so, uh, saturated it's kind of nice i think people kind of get put in their place like pretty quickly <laughs> not like putting their place in like a t- in your face kind of way but you know it's just when you when you come in and you're a little cocky it's good to maybe be humbled out a little yeah, bit yeah. Then, then again though the flip side is sometimes i think a little bit of that not cockiness but just some uh some ignorance and uh I- idealism can kind of help your career sometimes when you're just like yep i'm gonna do it because i mean a lot, what, that is be- what is being an artist but it's like proclaiming like oh i'm gonna go on tour i'm gonna travel and play music for people <laughs> it's like a pretty uh it's kind of a pipe dream so the fact that it actually works sometimes is pretty phenomenal <laughs> yeah man yeah man uh, <laughs> so coming from like this like weird punk scene and all this stuff how would you describe uh nordisa's music because i've been trying to tell people who this guy i come on the show is and trying to describe the music it's just like all right <laughs> just listen to it <laughs> <laughs> i like that I, it is uh i think that my most recent music, like uh, the singles I've put out in the last couple of years have been, I say it's derivative of like 60s pop. I mean, it's recorded to tape uh, and, and a lot of the instrumentation we use is like 12 string guitars and organs and stuff that, that is, is influenced from that time period. Um, my records before that, you know, I've got two on Spotify and then a bunch more even older on Bandcamp. And it's like, I don't know, they, they all kind of differ. The Cosmic House one from 2017, my most recent one, that was like something I did in college with like a lot of my college friends and I like crowdfunded. I did like a Kickstarter. So I had like some money to like actually go into a real studio and it was this big epic like album. Yeah. And, and then I, and then I kind of like flipped like after that, I was like, I just want to make singles and make music. That's like a little bit lighter. So I don't know. I, I, I think when it comes to like music genre, I'm influenced by someone like Bob Dylan, like one in genre, but also in, in the sense to where, he changes his genre every album. Like I yeah. like the idea of having a career that like changes a lot um, stylistically. 
like in a, in, a, in a flashy way, the way that he does. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever worry like changing in each time? People are gonna be like, "Oh man, he changed after that album," or I only like that <laughs> one album, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do think about that. That is like a an interesting thing, especially. I don't know. I feel like by the time period we're in right now, it's kind of like funny because I remember even growing up like listening to bands and like there was more of that idea of like selling out especially like you always hear like oh this band sold out like they went they went commercial they went pop and now it's like i don't hear that as much anymore like yeah or maybe i'm just so deep into the i'm so deep into the industry i can't even i'm like i don't hear that anymore i'm, <laughs> I'm like entrenched in the i'm entrenched in the industry all the producers and big label people they're like oh you can't sell out just take this money yeah yeah, yeah that's not that's not my life at all i'm independent but uh <laughs> yeah i don't know i do I think you can lose fans and stuff, but I think that's part of why I uh, tour so much and do everything independently and don't really try to like live off of like virality or like big moments is because um, when you just like meet someone face to face and like play a show, people are a lot willing to like follow you deeper. If they just see like one viral clip of you doing one thing, then they're like, they might just be like, Oh, I liked that one thing. And I want more of that. But uh, when, when someone's really just invite, like, when someone follows you into like the whole story of who you are, then they're willing to, to go You're deeper. Really you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love that. You know, and I've always kind of had this thing about like, Oh man, that band sold out. That band sold out. Look here. Somebody came here with a check. Told me that Josh, your podcast is like, uh, if you do this, do this right now, here's $6 million. Guess who's selling out, bro. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, I don't knock. It's not selling out. You're doing for yourself, you know? And like, what I think is cool about oh, you really? is that you're just like, man, I'm just going to put out whatever I want to. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, well, somebody does, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that, man. I definitely agree with that. And it's all, yeah. And with the way of like social media and stuff, it's like selling out even kind of means a different thing. Like, if your friend was like, yo, I partnered with Nike to make these, to make these like custom shoes that are for my brand or whatever, like we way less likely to be like negative of that. But I do remember like 10 years ago, it was more like an ethical thing. It's like, why would you work with this big corporation? And like, they have, you know, they have labor, uh, you like sweatshops and stuff. They're like immoral. And, but now it's, maybe it's because times are tougher now. Maybe it's because we're all just so poor or, I don't, yeah. <laughs> or maybe, maybe it's because social media is just so confusing. Like, is it media or is it, me is it my brand like i you know what i mean like there's this whole new like palette of like terms and i and ideas so when it comes to, like in, integrating art with like culture it's like we don't quite know how to think about it anymore yeah. you know what i mean yeah it's, it's not like oh i just i just went on to like mainstream tv super bowl commercial to do a gap commercial it's more just like oh i tagged this brand that i'm wearing their jacket that they sent me in my instagram picture or something you know it's like yeah. is that selling out you know it's just it's more uh, hazy now blurred yeah man it's, it's, it's just gets complicated you know the times we live in mm -hmm. they, they just move so fast you know like my my nephew he's he's 11 years old and he's got a cell phone was texting me yesterday and i'm like what 11 years old wow. I didn't have that. you know it's just like and like now he's gonna be on the internet now he's gonna be doing this and exposed to all these different things that we weren't exposed to and it's just like holy yeah. crap man we're moving now <laughs> for, for real man for real yeah that I haven't the idea of having like a like I grew up in a conservative uh, household. It's like the idea of how could somebody even have a conservative upbringing anymore? Like if you have the internet, you have access to anything you want. Like the idea of like not knowing like what a certain like cuss word, quote unquote, <laughs> or like you know what I mean. Like how would you? I feel like everything is just there now. I don't know. 
Yeah, man. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, so like now that you're uh out there doing your thing, you know, uh what what keeps you going? You know, right now the world stopped. That's the way I kind of think about it. It didn't end, it paused, you know. Um, right. you know, how are you still getting out there and getting your getting yourself out there when there there's nowhere for you to go? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the reality for real. I mean, it's it, it honestly has been completely altered my reality. Like, I, I live with my family here in Nashville. Like, whether we'll keep that part in or not, I, like, I don't know what your editing is, but <laughs> just when this started, I, had to, I was like talking to my mom, like, hey, can we get an umbrella? You have to rain <laughs> a little bit. But uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, I live here now just to uh, avoid, I, don't, I mean, I don't have any money, like, I at all. Like, I have like, I, you might have saw, like, I had to post on Instagram today because my laptop broke, and I was just like, "Well, it's over. I guess I'm just gonna like, <laughs> guess I'm gonna either just either, I don't, you know, I was just like, that was the end for me. I, I literally have no money, and uh, because because basically my whole life for the last four years has just been touring constantly, yeah. ma- making no money, but just like tour, 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 meet as many people as I can, like play as much music as I can, yeah. And uh, it was finally starting to click. Like I uh, had like a friend reach out who like a good friend of mine but also like they got a job at a as a booking agent and uh and they're like well i can help you like book shows now i was like that's sweet so uh he was like helping me get in touch with venues like things were really starting to even pick up i mean the fact that i landed at savannah stopover gig where i met you it's like <laughs> think, things like that was a dope gig like i've been now like things were really starting to work out and then as soon as that happened as soon as my first tour like with somebody helping me book it and like having some really cool shows like that were like really big um you know the world shut down and uh it's it was very i mean it was heartbreaking you know truly and also just disorienting um this past like 10 months i've just been at home and there's been different phases like i've tried working on myself some in some ways that i couldn't in the last four years it's like oh i'll try to like you know like exercise or i don't know like uh, re- read more you know and just things that i've always said i wanted to do but have just always said i'll do that later when i'm not it's crazy busy and yeah. uh but i'm also trying to keep growing my artistry right i mean this is it's a it's a it's not like it's just three months you can call it a hiatus or a sabbatical or something it's like we're in this still you know this is my career now and so i've tried i basically i keep saying i'm like a i went from being like a four-year touring artist who had like was a little bit established on, on that end to being like a day one tiktoker like i'm like all right, here we go. I'm starting my career over. I'm like, I'm, you know, like, like I, I'm growing like a trying to grow a YouTube page and trying to grow on TikTok and stuff. And it's like very disorienting to me because I've never, like, I've never tried to reckon with like being an online artist. Like I, stuff I haven't I had an Instagram and stuff, but to me that was more about just communicating with the people so you could get in front of them again. Yeah. And now it's like, how do I reckon with? I mean, I know touring will come back, but for the time being it's like i I have to reckon with a reality of a, of a world where there is no touring so it's trying to figure out how to get the most out of like what i love about touring how can i like what what do i love about that and how can i do those things yeah on the internet if if i even can can i come anywhere near it you know i'm still trying to figure that out i got you man i got you well like it's luckily though it's not just you're taking a break uh, every musician out there is taking a break. So I'm thinking, at least I'm hoping <laughs> that once they're like, right. no concerts, everyone, everyone's going to want to see a show and you're not going to be able to keep 
your phone on you because it's gonna be so hot from all the messages, bro. <laughs> I hope no. so, man. It's definitely gonna it's definitely gonna be crazy when the like if it does work like that, like if the floodgates open in a sense where it's not just like a trickle, but all of a sudden it's like, well, touring's back. I mean, yeah, like every band yeah. is gonna go on tour. It's gonna be the Renaissance. I'm probably not gonna be able to book a venue for a year or two is kind of what we're thinking. Like, it's like, okay, we got to go back to doing what we were doing. It's going to be a lot of house shows and stuff. Yeah. Cause all the bigger artists are going to be playing, you know, and taking up all the space within the industry. So we'll be back on the periphery to like, just trying to meet people at house parties and growing yeah. it. You know what I mean? But that, that, that seems to be like your, uh, your thing, man. You know, uh, when we, uh, we wouldn't seen you at the jinx. Um, I seen you basically stripped down almost naked and, fly through the stage and jump all over people and do all this crap and i was like oh my god this guy is amazing and right when you got off the stage we pulled it up looked you up on uh on the internet or whatever and it says uh i believe it said let nordista play at your home and it took everything in my body to not be like he needs to come to my house right now what are we doing after this <laughs> dude for real, for real. <laughs> we, we probably would have done it too yeah <laughs> <laughs> that night that night at savannah first off i mean that whole thing like i said it was crazy i i'd only played at savannah once before we played at a uh, el rocco you yeah, know, the yeah el rocco yeah. lounge and uh and nobody came i mean we played there that was like in that was like in a i think it was september of 2019 mm-hmm. and uh i mean we played for maybe we played for like one girl on Instagram that I had met one time in New York who was like, I'm from Savannah. And I like messaged her. I was like, Hey, we're in town. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, and she was like, Oh cool. I'll bring some friends. And then, uh, and then my, uh, one of the members of my band was like, I forgot my, uh, I forgot my like Crohn's medication. <laughs> and so, and he was like, he was like, you know, it's like this like refrigerated like thing you have to like take. And, uh, we had to, <laughs> forgot about this i had to contact her she's like this girl i've only met like just passing down the street because she saw we were like car- carrying guitars to a gig in new york and i'm like hey i know that this is really weird but is there any way that i could get your address and send you some crohn's medication from nashville because we're already on tour and then you could bring it to the show and she was like um okay <laughs> I, I can do that. <laughs> no way. so then she like brought it to the show and like my player my band he just like immediately rips open the box and like injects himself with whatever it is i don't even know insulin or whatever people take and uh it was just i remember that being a very just surreal and funny moment (laughs) but anyway we played that show to like nobody i did everything i could i was rolling around on the ground and i I guess one of the guys who works at el rocco must be uh like in touch with the people who do the festival because he was like hey like i know nobody was here i know it's an off night but uh he's like just like keep in touch with me. I have this opportunity that I think would be really cool. And we wound up landing that Savannah stopover gig. That was insane. We played sold out show at uh, the jinx with, yeah. uh, who, who was it? That, it was uh, illiterate light, man. Ill- yeah. Illiterate <laughs> light. Dude, those guys are amazing. They are so good. That's actually, so when we were looking through the list and we were like, Oh, well, who should we go? We were trying to plan it. We actually seen camp beforehand. And, um, after camp was this guy named Nordista freeze. And then, illiterate and we were like well this guy's name's amazing let's just head over there so we got over there and it took forever for us to get into the fucking bar and then when we finally did that's when i just see you catapult off the stage and running around and doing all this nonsense and like this guy right here gets it and the, the crowd was so pumped and i think you set up 
illiterate for like probably one of the because i've seen them three four times probably one of the best shows i've ever seen you know camp came from uh, across cool. town and they crowd surfed on the crowd that you hyped up and i'm like this is sick <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah dude. Man. that's so cool <laughs> man dude yeah that, that illiterate light that they were legendary i you know i remember i was pretty nervous to, that samantha stopper gig was a big deal for us and uh, my band that was playing that show that you saw only one of them had ever played with me before that tour i I, like i put out like a facebook ad and uh met and like those people all just like came to nashville i taught them the songs in two days and we hit the road and savannah we and so we played a few gigs before that but savannah stopover was like the big one where we were all just like oh my gosh we're about to play a festival like this is crazy (laughs) you know what i mean so i remember being up there and it was like i was trying to like teach the band the parts and also like Go running around. It was just, it was wild. Man, that's so awesome. So, like, is that how you get like your band? Because you like, you don't normally have the same people with you, do you? Right. So it's a, it's a, the lineup changes all the time, man. It's a, I've got like an A team. You know what I mean? I've probably got like eight or so people who play with me pretty consistently in Nashville. But they all like since it's just under my name, it's like, it's more like a one one by one basis where it's like, hey, I've got a gig. Who wants to play it? It's not like (laughs) I don't confirm with them before I accept the gig. It's like, oh, a cool gig. Of course, I'm going to play that. But I'm like, hey, can anyone play this? And, you know, with that tour that we were on, of course, it wound up getting canceled uh, part of the way through. But it was supposed to be a 10-week tour. It, we were trying to play 70 shows in 70 days was the idea. Insane, so insane, man. <laughs> Just the idea of that is insane. Like, when do you sleep? Uh, never, man. No, <laughs> no, I, no, I don't know. I, I sleep some, I try to sleep. I don't know, but I, yeah, it, I wish we could have done it. Man. We're trying, my, my dream is to play a hundred shows in a hundred days. That it's like this dream I have. Maybe I might do it. If things clear up this summer, I might do it this summer. Yeah. Just man. because once it's back, it's, we're, I'm not coming home for a while. You know? <laughs> yeah. I got to go to every city in the <laughs> country before I come back home. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you come back to Savannah, man, because we miss you around here, dude. That was like an amazing yeah, man. show. That was an amazing show. I've, um, I've got a hold. I've got a hold for May. Um, it's obviously not confirmed because of the virus, but if things did clear up, I have a show that would be confirmed in uh, for May in uh, Savannah. No way! <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, if things work out, you will see my smiling face. You screaming your name, bud. <laughs> that would be, be awesome, dude. That would be awesome to reunite, man. Yes, sir. Cool. Yes, sir. So these seventy shows in uh, seventy days—that was part of this DIY show uh, type thing. Is that like? Is that like a, a Nashville thing? Is that like a Nordista thing? What is that? I've never heard of it. Oh, DIY. Yeah. Oh, it's like. That's just like a, that's just like a phrase. It's like, uh, sorry, it's raining a little bit harder. I got to bring my, uh, focus right within the <laughs> umbrella. It, uh, DIY stands for do it yourself. And yeah. it, it, it's just, I'm using that term. That's it, like, uh, in the same way that you'd go to Michael's craft store and they'd say, Oh, DIY this or that, you know, it's just like, it just means do it yourself. Um, but, uh, it, it has become more of a culture because like, you know, with, there being so many bands out there and so many of us are trying to make it and we can't get the venues to respond. It becomes more of a community. Like I'm in this group called DIY tour postings on Facebook and it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, tens of thousands of people. And, uh, every city's got like people who are trying to like set up DIY shows. Uh, you know, like it might literally be someone's house, you know, like those, like they've got like a house venue, you know, that they call it like the sugar shack. And they're like, Oh, you know, we're playing, you know, throwing a party there tonight. 
or maybe it's maybe it's a little bit more legit like uh it's like a pizza shop or you know a, a gas station or a you know whatever it is it's diy because it's like it's technically under the radar like not an established venue not um might not actually be legal at all sometimes you know <laughs> like, like let's say they have a little bar you know you're in someone's basement they've got a bar and they're selling pbrs for a dollar pro- i mean i'm sure that's technically illegal but it's just it's it's the community of uh people who are doing music even when the industry doesn't really want you to and, and it's and honestly it's a really important thing too because uh that's how you get your start a lot of the times playing house parties and stuff and yeah you know that's how you eventually build up a big enough fan base for a venue to respond to you the first time so yeah i got you so like how do you set up say you're gonna come to my living room man how do you do a full setup with uh with what i got around the house but <laughs> you would uh well that's a that's a good question you would you'd have to get pretty creative man <laughs> pretty creative um is that wind do you hear that wind is that wind getting really strong i don't hear the wind i hear the the rain pitter patter on, on that beautiful blue umbrella man <laughs> it's it's starting to rain really heavy you think i should would it be okay if i paused and move to the basement yeah we can totally do that man we'll take a quick break here and then whenever you you mess me back we'll uh make sure you're nice and dry okay <laughs> okay cool okay we can yeah i can i can hang up and rejoin the call if that's easiest or i can just stay on uh i'm just gonna you just do whatever it is easy for you, man. I'm going to stop this recording <laughs> now, and you just let me know all when you're right. ready to go, all right, bud? Sorry, sorry about my trouble. You man. are good, bud. <laughs> That's the DIY spirit right here. Okay, yes, I'll sir. see you in a second, man. All right. <laughs> Feel better? Less rain? Less umbrella? Yeah, less yeah, less umbrella. I liked it out there, but yeah, too too rainy. No, unfortunately, unfortunately. Well, That's okay. I found a I found a spot down here where I can record now, so I'm good. Nice man, nice. We got a we got a big family running around, so you know. <laughs> well, my, get my him dad, on the show, man. Tell him come on. I need guests now. <laughs> yeah, my dad teaches from home now. My sister. Uh, she does like marriage counseling. Now that's like over Zoom too. Yeah. And so it's like I'm like running around the house. My dad's like teaching kids. My oh, sister's wow. like giving a therapy session. I'm like, this place is <laughs> wild. Crazy, man. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> oh man. Let's see. Where were we on my large list of questions? Uh oh, we were talking about DIY shows, man. Yeah, we're talking about DIY. Yeah, man. That's right. So um what was like the most difficult setup you've had to do you said pizza places you've said you know i I listened to your show and you uh you had mentioned playing a show in a gas station right next to the cheetos (laughs) you know uh, (laughs) what was like the hardest one that you had to set up man yeah we've i mean it that's one thing that really shapes like uh the whole um diy spirit and like it, it it shapes like the music you make too and everything it's like uh you every every single time you play somewhere you've got a different set of uh factors you have to play in right so yeah we bring your own pa we bring your own mics and stuff a lot of times it's like we're playing someone's basement like looking for a power supply or you're playing <laughs> in, a, in a frat party i mean it's like literally every single night there's some something goes wrong where it's like oh this doesn't work now or oh what they don't have power in this entire basement we have to run we're gonna have to go to quick run to walmart and get an extension cord and like you know, it's just like it's crazy dude it's crazy yeah i can't i can't think of a specific one but man i mean because it's just it is anxiety inducing almost every single night but uh if you let it but luckily i i've got a band of problem solvers that are normally my a team my guys and they uh you know they are good at that kind of stuff and i'm just like hey i'm gonna talk to i'm gonna go talk to people 
that's what I'm good at, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's understood. It's not like they're like free to be helping us. They're like, some of them are a little bit quieter and they're like, Hey, let me set this up. I'll work on this. You do the talking to people. Cause I don't really want to do that anyway. You know, <laughs> I'm like, that's great. We make a great team. There you go. There you go, man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had mentioned earlier, like you sometimes may be doing things you're not supposed to be doing. Have you ever had anybody like call the law on you, man? I like, I doubt these people told their HOA you're coming over to play the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. Shows get shut down. You know, hopefully that is one, that is one frustrating thing about the DIY, like house show scene is like your show can, like the cops show up and you're just like, well, we didn't get to play tonight. That sucks. Oh man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's pretty rare. I mean, most of the time, if you're traveling from out of town to play the DIY spot, it's probably established enough to where like they they know that their neighbors aren't going to call the police or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, I've 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 played plenty that the cops have shown up to and uh, people scatter like out of a movie. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But uh, normally, yeah, I actually one of my most recent shows. I uh during the pandemic played a social distanced outdoor thing like in this big space and uh it was like a it was like a small like Halloween shindig and cops showed up because obviously I was playing and it was just me and a guitar like playing outside but uh you know when you're playing outside it travels really far so <laughs> cops showed up and uh four songs into my set I was done oh. cops showed up and, so boo <laughs> i know that was, that was halloween night so that was yeah. a drag but that's okay whatever yeah things happen man things happen you know because these are part of your <laughs> uh because you had messaged me uh when we were talking about things we could talk about the show that you've now done 700 shows across the usa and canada man that is that's nuts. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to think about i've played about 500 under my name norista freeze and then also going on tour with other artists and doing other stuff yeah it reaches about 700 which is it really, I mean, that, yeah, that really is crazy to think about. But, uh, you know, I hope to play thousands and thousands, thousands more in the coming years, you know. Yeah, so, man. Yeah, like we I said, live when, for it. when things pick back up, you know, you'd be ready to go. You would be able, you know, you can be able to tell people you did 1,400 shows across the USA and Canada by next year, hopefully. <laughs> that's right, man. That's right. Yeah, I'll play three a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got it, man. I think you can handle that. So besides running and, and playing stuff, uh, playing shows on people's couches and uh, pizza shops and gas stations, you also host a lot of events. Uh, you know, you've uh, you're the sole proprietor of uh, like a freeze fest uh, that I uh, actually, when COVID first popped off, you uh, had made a link like, hey man, I need you know I'm selling some old merch and we I couldn't find it I couldn't find it for the interview, but there's a freeze fest shirt in that room that I cannot find. Oh, I was gonna no rent way. for the show. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome! Yeah, that's cool. The Freeze Fest Four one is like the black, yeah, like black. Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. It's fresh, man. It's fresh. How'd you end up? Uh, what got you doing Freeze Fest, and what is that exactly? It's kind of a childhood dream of mine. I mean, having a festival, and um, it started when I first started playing music in high school. I, I was starting to meet all these bands, and my scope or understanding of a music scene was pretty small. I was like, well. It's probably about six or seven other bands in high school that we were all kind of playing together. Yeah. So I thought, let's, uh, you know, we should all do a show together. Like we should have like a festival and, and like called it freeze fest. Cause to me, it was like my party. It was like, I want to do like my end of the year party, you know, like let's get every, let's get all my favorite band, like everyone that I know play a show. And so year one, I had like 15 bands. It was like three house parties over like a weekend. Yeah. And then, it kind of generated a bunch of buzz like more than i expected 
so year two, I was in college and freeze fest two. And we had 30 bands play with 10 bands each night. And then, uh, <laughs> and then freeze fest three was going to happen. I was like, well, I'll just put out an application online, I guess. And our, it wasn't even an application. It was like a sign up list. And I had 120 bands sign up. Oh so we made it. <laughs> so I made it like five days long and it was like crazy. It was like two stages and it went on for five days. That was nuts. And then, uh, after that, I've now started to like try to like pay bands and like add some sort of structure. So it's it's become a little bit more like what you'd expect, like you know, thirty bands across. Uh, Freeze Fest Five, which was the most recent one, didn't get to do one in twenty twenty, but in twenty nineteen, um, it was camping for the first time, which is cool too. So slowly trying to grow it out, you know, into like a camping food truck, music and art and clothing festival, you know, like the whole shindig. I want I want to make it like for real, you know, like I'd love. I, I really, really want to do it every year, and it's a lot of hard work, you know. And I really don't know how to run a music festival, but uh, <laughs> but I'm but I put in I'm putting in my work and my time and doing doing it all DIY still right now. But uh, you know, hopefully one day uh, I'll, I'll have some help and maybe someone with some money and some who knows how to run a festival will help me make it a little bit bigger. But for now, it's just you know we probably have about probably had about two to three hundred people come last year and or uh, camp out and. Wow. People came from all across, man. People came from Chicago and New Orleans and from the East Coast. And, you know, it was, it was amazing. People came from, like, Oklahoma, uh, from Maryland. It was, like, all these really faraway places to yeah. come camp out for a weekend in a, on a farm in Tennessee. It was awesome. <laughs> so it was, just, it was just at a farm? Do you, like, know these people who run the farm? Or are you just like... <laughs> <laughs> I met... <laughs> no, I didn't. I met... <laughs> I, uh... I just got word. I heard that there had been a show there, and I went and talked to them, and I was like, hey, can we do this? And then they were like, sure. I didn't know them very well. And actually, that was probably one of the biggest mistakes because, well, you know, they're, they're really good people, but uh, they the cop, they were like, no, there's no way the cops can show up here. We're on a farm. We have this permit. We're allowed to make as much noise as we want. I was like, sounds legit to me. Yeah. And then, you know, night two of the festival, the cops show up, and I'm like, hey, it's cool because the guys who run the place, they've got this paper. And then they, they like show them the paper, like, "Oh, hey, hello, officer, we have this paper." And the officer was like, "Yeah, that that doesn't mean what, what you're saying. It means you you have to shut this down." I was oh, like, "What? No. Like, this was all this is all just a lie." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I uh, I had to, um, you know, we had to basically figure out what we we're gonna do. And we decided, I was like, "I guess we'll just keep going with it." I mean, nothing else we can do. And the guy was like, "Yeah, no, my wife says we can't do can't do the rest of the festival." I'm like, "Dude, there's like all these people like camping out. We have to. The bands are here. They came from forever away, and it was so funny." He was like, "I got to put my foot down, man. We can't keep going." And I was just like, in my head, I was just like, "There's no way that's a reality that I could live in." Just telling, sorry, your band can't play. Um, and so then I was like, "Is there anything I can do?" And he's like, "I'll go ask my wife." And then <laughs> I shouldn't be sharing this. This is just so funny. He was like. <laughs> He came back outside and he was like, I mean, my, he was like, I, he, he basically was like, me and my wife have decided we will continue the festival if you can help us out buying us a new computer monitor. And I was like, deal. deal. <laughs> I was, of course, I, I, I don't have any money, but I'll find a way to get you a computer monitor. What? That's the whole thing. So. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
if he ever listens to this, which I don't think he will, uh, you know, hopefully it's all in good jest. But uh, it was pretty funny. It was yeah. a pretty funny little situation. And I think hopefully everybody got what they wanted, which at the end of the day, you know, I made mean, for a good festival. Yeah, a good festival. But, um, he got the monitor, so we should be good. We're square now, so. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So is there plans for the next Freeze Fest coming up? Like, uh, I know with the world kind of being uh, terrible, um, it's not – looking great but do you have like could you do like a mini freeze fest or like an online freeze fest or something like that yeah i've thought about that like freeze fest 6 was technically supposed to happen in 2020 i'm like it could still happen in 2021 like you could have 6 and 7 this year and do one because like my, the idea was i could do freeze fest 6 online but i don't know man i go back and forth because it's just live streams are just i mean they're cool but they also just they're like heartbreaking to me as somebody who loves live music. I'm just like, man, it's like sad. It's just like, Hey guys, we're playing in our room and you're talking to us on a, this like YouTube comment section. Yeah. You know, like, or whatever it's called. And yeah, I'm just like, man, like, like I'd almost rather just play a basketball game than do, you know, if we're going to reduce the whole thing to this, it's like, I'd rather just, I'd rather bake a cake or something. I don't know. This is, just, <laughs> this is just breaking my heart. You know, it's just so, it's just so sad. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah, because there's something it's about live music. You know, I, I just like, uh, for people who I haven't seen a lot of shows, you're missing out because you know I listen to music all the time. But there's something about like I haven't, I haven't seen a show. You and Illiterate were the last show I seen because everything shut down, and I'm, right. I, would, I would kill for it. Because there's something about it. You feel everyone's in that moment. Everyone's here with whatever that person on stage is doing. You're there. We're not on our phones. We're not doing anything. We're not thinking about our jobs. We're not thinking about problems in our life. We're thinking about how rad this is that we're all here right now. And it's I haven't, I haven't experienced anything in my life like that's anything close to it. You know, it's totally. magical, man. It's magical. Yeah. You know, try and get people like, you know, like we'll have local shows and stuff and be like, Hey, you want to go to that? Oh, I don't know. You know, that's kind of late. Who cares? Like you got right. one life. Let's go out there and do it, man. <laughs> totally, dude. I totally agree. I, uh, my friend the other day mentioned, he said that it was like the adult playground was like, let's say how much it was fun. Just as a kid playing on a playground. It's like, you don't have that as an adult as much. You don't just go swing as much and stuff. But, uh, you know, you know, uh, like going to a show is, is one of the most like freeing experiences. It makes you feel like a kid. You're just dancing and hanging out and, you know, it's just, it's freeing. It's just so, it, to me, it's the most fun thing you can do, you know? Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, man. Totally. So, so, you know, live stream freeze fest, maybe, I don't know. I just, I, I'd have to find a way to make it feel like it was actually fun. Like I have to make it feel like something I would actually want to go to. Like, I don't want to create something. And right now, I just I don't see. A re- I haven't quite seen it. I haven't quite felt the inspiration to do something online like that. Yeah, yeah, I got. We'll you. see though. Maybe I'll change my mind. I don't know. <laughs> I do. I do want to like do something. I want to keep the festival alive, but maybe I'll just wait till the vaccines here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the re- kind of the reason why I brought it up is, um, you know, I was looking up, doing my research, trying to make sure I can kill this interview, and uh, I had found. Uh, I think it was Big Scary Three, and I watched the uh, whole thing. And you know, even if even though I wasn't there, that looked awesome, man. Like, what gave you that? Cool. Dude, what does Big Scary even mean? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I so I went to Lipscomb University. It's a school here in town. Like, yeah. it was a little bit of to, to, just to give it some context. I I went there kindergarten through college. Pretty weird. Uh, I'm a rarity. I went to the same school all the way through kindergarten through college, and. uh 
because my dad and my granddad both worked there. It's a private school here in town. It's pretty small. Um, but uh, I like went for like very, very cheap and was able to do that and, uh, you know, go where my dad was teaching. Anyway, go to the college, which is a little bit bigger. Um, there's like frats and stuff I'm not a part of. And uh, it's one frat. They, uh, they have this big party every year called the Big Scary. It's like legendary halloween fraternity rager uh-huh. and uh my like i guess it was sophomore year or june i can't remember what, but uh they were like who's gonna throw the big scary this year like nobody's taking the reins and I, I was like just had that in the back of my mind i'm like i get access to this warehouse i'm like i'm gonna throw a dope party <laughs> and i'm looking for an opener and there's this one rapper and he's a part of that fraternity and uh i was just talking to him and all of a sudden it just it clicked in my mind i was like y'all are sad because you aren't gonna have a party i have a warehouse y'all have like a rapper i have my rock band i was like hey what if i throw the big scary yeah and like and like the fry was like hmm, let's think about it and then they're like all right man if you provide the skate the space we'll provide a keg and i was like hey that sounds great so <laughs> he's just like dudes he's like bros just like bring a keg and like they're there and all my friends are there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe to some people are like, this sounds like a train wreck. This sounds like a nightmare. I don't want to go to a frat <laughs> party. But it, it was awesome. It went so smooth. Like, you know, everyone was just there to have a good time. And, you know, the general spirit was just, it, it was it was awesome. And uh, then the next year, I just didn't really think about it. I was like, oh, I'm big scary. I'm going to throw another big scary. <laughs> and then, like, I got word that everybody in the frat was like, freeze hijack the big scary. <laughs> <And they're> like, <laughs> Like, like he stole it from us. I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I just, but so yeah, so basically, I've just stolen, I've co-opted it from a local fraternity, and uh, now I just throw it every year. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them they can bring a keg. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they stopped bringing the keg. They stopped showing up. I gotta hit them. I gotta hit them. Hey guys, hey, come on, come on, man. You 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 part of your deal, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, um, I've sto- I've stolen that name, but uh, yeah, the big scary this year. It was cool to get to do one. Um, you know, Acme Feed and Seed. It's basically downtown nashville all those honky tonks mm. with full of just like craziness and tourism and uh bro country bands playing but there's this one the very last one is uh called acme and they're like a little bit more local like they they have like a local radio station that like brings bands in and they do a lot of cool work um and yeah they're basically just like hey we've got this massive bar and we're closed because of covid like they they were permanently closed instead of like a lot of them are open but they just shut down and they're like we could do like a, I mean, a massively social distance. Like tables could be really far away from each other. Yeah, uh, it's basically a big warehouse, and uh, so we did that. We set up a stage, and they recorded it, and we were able to put it on YouTube and stuff. And it was cool. We had a lot. We had a lot of fun, and you know, it was it was awkward in some ways. Like I missed nobody could like dance or anything, and people were just sitting down at tables. But I gotta say. That that it felt good. It felt really yeah. good to play. Yeah, it play looked like music. you were you were having fun. I do have a question though. Are you are you secretly a werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, man. I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, I was watching it. I was watching it yesterday when I was writing all this stuff up, and that's one of, one of your bandmates screams that out. Is Freeze secretly a werewolf? And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Then y'all start going into skits, and I was like, there's skits in this. Like, no, I don't even know what this is, right? So I watched the whole thing. Like, who who's writing the skits? Are you are you writing the skits as well, man? Is there skits every year? I. You know, I like to hear people out on their ideas. And uh, Big Smod, one of the guys with the long, curly hair, the guy who, uh, he just came up. He was just like, dude, I've got this idea. 
I just need like your permission to keep going forward with it. And I was just like, okay, sure. And, uh, yeah. He, and then he got together with Trevor, my, the big guy, the bass player. And, uh, Trevor's like the costume King, like Trevor, all of a sudden Trevor's like, Hey man, is it cool? Like, can you Venmo me like 300 bucks? I bought like all these costumes. I'm like, yeah. Okay. What are you like? I trust y'all on this. Y'all are my guys. And, uh, yeah, like they wrote like this and like small and like my, and Bryce and the band, they, yeah, they just wrote the entire thing. And Trevor got all those costumes. It was just the most incredible thing. I, I had so little to do with it. Like really? <laughs> I, I, I just gave them a thumbs up and gave them money if they needed. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was awesome. Well, yeah, it turned it, out it, rad, man. It turned out rad. I was not expecting a full on show on top of the show. I was like, "What are we like? Are we this this theater? Like, what?" Is... <laughs> me, me and Smart, me and Smart did theater together in high school. So I guess hey, both of his parents uh, at that school, Lipscomb of our tiny bubble. He uh, his parents are both English majors, so he's just got this like crazy brain of like writing skills that are, you know, just unparalleled. I don't even know how he's on that level, but like, yeah, he like wrote this script. I was like, this sounds like a professional play like i don't understand how you just like rode this one night <laughs> like this is like this feels like it would be a performed on like new york like broadway or something yeah it's crazy <laughs> i'm glad you watched that man that yeah was awesome. man absolutely i'm trying like i said i'm trying to do my research trying to do you know you're taking time out of, out of your busy busy life so i'm trying to take some time out of mine and it was worth it man come on now i'm just gonna ask people if they're secretly a werewolf because that cracked me up. <laughs> like i was dying i was like and like what is he even talking about <laughs> I, i'm trying to remember i have no idea i mean i might be a werewolf i did one time one time in chicago i was playing at this house party like in this like they, they basically, they had like their park, they had a garage and then they had like this square, big square space where we were playing. Then they had their house and I just ran as fast as I could. Like I, like I ran up into the house and everybody was looking and then I ran out the front door and climbed up on the like garage in the back. So they're all looking like, where's freeze? And then I was just behind them and I was like, Hey, and everybody turned around and like people were, that was the most scared I've seen people. It's like, like they're like freeze is a magician they're like he just he just teleported like we they were like we, so, like we just saw freeze double we just saw freeze and people people were losing their minds and i was like, <laughs> such a kick out of it i was like oh i'm over here now <laughs> people and like everyone obviously people like had had a little bit to drink it's, that helps too they're just like you know they're just like what's going on <laughs> yeah man <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely insane, man. Absolutely insane. Uh, the last event that I, I, I just want to touch on it a little bit is uh, the space prom. Now, this sounds awesome. You know, uh, from what I've seen online, it was like an 80s party where like all you guys played like you were dressed up as YMCA and y'all did, you know, y'all did the YMCA as the village people. And it yeah. just looked legit. What is space prom? Like what? Uh, what drives you to do these things man <laughs> <laughs> i'm always just looking for like i mean the broader picture is i'm just trying to create events that are actually fun and you know and no shade to anyone else in nashville but you know with this being music city there's so many shows like shows every night there's just hundreds of shows like you can if you want to see like a band play in a bar you can do it and so i'm always just trying to like so i guess that's part of it it's just the competition is so high and it's so saturated and also just the fact that I just genuinely like to have fun and have this like childish kind of fun, uh, you know, thing that, that that guides me. So I'm like, what can we do to like make something weirder, you know? So big, yeah. scary or whatever it is, like freeze fest. Or, so space problem is probably the biggest, it's the most successful example. It's uh, it's like the biggest thing I do every year. It's I, this 2021 will be space problem four if we, you know, get to have it. But it's uh, basically this like, 
I guess I can best describe it as like retro futurism. It's it's a it's a futuristic prom, but it's like a it's like a retro future prom because it's like eighties. It's like Back to the Future. It's like it's like an old idea of the future, uh-huh. um, and, you know, in the, in the way the '80s were all futuristic. So I kind of wanted to build it off that vibe, and basically, I was like, we we will perform like a big cover set of '80s music, and uh, but it's like a it's like a prom of the '80s in outer space. So people can dress more like aliens, or if you want, you know, go like the outer space thing, or if you want to go straight '80s and just wear like a retro outfit or something in the middle, or you can just go straight prom. You can just go straight like you know, wear a black suit and tie and uh those three those three ideas kind of just like <laughs> culminate in a pretty cool way and yeah, yeah i mean i i gotta say like i i thought it was kind of weird um i i genuinely like i really mean this i did not think it was gonna go super well um i was like i mean hopefully some people will like it but it's pretty weird uh the first year i threw it in this uh, chinese restaurant called lucky bamboo they have like a <laughs> they have like a classic like you know um what do you call like wooden floor disco ball and like a stage yeah it's like the classic classic like old school like prom setup there uh for like a like a dance or something i was like that this is perfect in the west side and i was like and and it was pretty big i mean it can hold like maybe 100 to 200 people if they were standing room so i was like we'll do it there and uh i had like eight bands play the first year and it wasn't just 80s i had bands going from basically the 30s to the 90s covering different er different eras of like prom like our dance music and uh i was uh, my goal was for 100 people to show up and that night 563 people were there (laughs) and and i I just i'll never forget the the owners this older like uh asian couple you know they're like this old couple and and they're just like they're so happy like (laughs) like like way over fire code one this this is a little dark but one girl um you know maybe i don't know what happened but she like passed out and they'd like call an ambulance oh and so like 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 there's like a, an ambulance or something like carrying a girl off in a stretcher and i'm just like i'm just like watching everything just way too many people and i look over and like that couple who owned the place have just set up like a buffet bar like like a makeshift buffet bar and they're like buffet ten dollars <laughs> and people are just getting food i was just like yeah like, they're making a racket they love this they love this <laughs> uh, this is i'm like this is insanity like if the cops show up they'd be like whoa like fire the 600 people and you're like <laughs> shut this down immediately and i was just like i was just like crossing my, and i remember i also didn't have any like people were paying in cash because i didn't do like tickets in advance or anything people were just putting cash in a, this thing so all of a sudden there's just, like thousands of dollars in this like trash like this mini trash can and like my friend Bree is just like collecting money she's like oh hey what's up eric what's up guys and just like putting them on this i'm just like dude we have thousands of dollars in here we gotta get we gotta get rid of this like dangerous like so somebody showed like the whole thing was just like i was like any moment now i'm going to go to jail Uh, (laughs) so then that but it fortunately it, it happened and it was safe and uh everyone turned out okay and we uh you know, the next year I hit up a venue in town. I was like, hey, this happened last year. Can we do this? And they were like, yes, please. Like, of course. <laughs> yeah, like, so now now we're able to like, actually do it in more of a safe and legitimate <laughs> way. But but it was pretty charming that first year. Getting to just do it totally just at a Chinese uh, buffet style. It was awesome. That is crazy, <laughs> man. That is crazy. Like, there's so many people. <laughs> <laughs> it's out of control <laughs> oh man out of control <laughs> well hopefully oh. you can get back to this event scene soon man because these sound like a 
um, these sound amazing. These sound like something that can't be missed. Like, you know, even the first, like, I mean, I, first and foremost, I love Chinese food. So I'm already there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you me know. too. Yeah, they have me at the Chinese food. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so, man. I mean, my goal, like, with shows, like, I'll probably be touring in a pretty much just like in a venue kind of style for a long time. But my goal is to eventually be able to like do weirder stuff like that on like a national level, like touring things like that, you know, as opposed to uh, just playing like a 30 minute set of my songs on like a blank stage, you know what I mean? But um, for now it's kind of more separate. It's like I do these weird events in Nashville. Then I go on tour and it's like just me playing my songs. But one day, man, if I can get enough attention and, you know, get it going like that, we're going to do, I'm going to do some crazy stuff on an international level. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That fire's there, man. I can see it. One day, I'll, yeah, people are going to be like, holy crap, man. <laughs> I hope so, man. I, I, that's, the, that's the goal. That's the goal. So right now, sometimes I feel crazy living here in my parents' basement, just like, like it's a pipe dream. But, you know, space problem is a pipe dream or playing Savannah stopover and things just keep happening. It goes back to the original thing we were talking about. It's like sometimes you just kind of, got to go out on a limb maybe sometimes have being a little naive and just going for it it <laughs> works yeah. in your favor so so i, yeah, so I keep dreaming big you know yes, keep dreaming sir. big yes sir because what's yeah. that harm no it don't harm nobody man you know totally man totally <laughs> totally while you're not doing these events lately you've started i mentioned it early uh you have a podcast um freeze tv or the fun zone it's got two names i never know what to call it but i just know that it's awesome what made you start Thank doing you, that man. man you're right it is kind of confusing so free well the idea was, my idea was just to do a 180. I'm just trying to be like, <laughs> instead of a freeze fest, just a freeze TV. You yeah. know, it's like, um, freeze TV, to, I call it that because I'm trying to make it like it's like a TV channel. Like the idea would be that if I could get enough people involved and then it would like sustain itself in a way where it's like, there's all types of different shows, like a cooking show or, a, <laughs> you know, like a late night show or whatever. And like, just be like it's like almost a network that's like happening on like YouTube and Twitch and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So Freeze TV is like the big idea, but then Fun Zone is is like basically my Joe Rogan style kind of or my bitter and jaded style. You yeah. know, it's like a long form. It's like a long form interview where I'm just talking to people um, for an hour or two. And yeah, so so it's it was it's been confusing for a long time because that's the only show I've had. It's like <laughs> it's like. It's like you turn it on Freeze TV and it's just fun zone for twenty four hours straight. <laughs> but uh, but I'm actually I'm I'm launching a, a new show today called Friend of a Friend, which is like another idea I had where it was like, what if I talk to somebody for ten minutes and I ask them to tell me somebody who inspires them, and then next week I talk to that person. Oh, and that's like, rad. <laughs> thank you, man. I I'm love hoping that. that. Oh, I'm hoping it'll be cool. It's you know I guess the guests kind of get to pick where it goes, so I don't like. I'm hoping it goes to like some weird place. I hope I'm like on week 32 and I'm just like in Wetumpka, Alabama talking to like the preacher of a church or something, you know, yeah. just like, <laughs> meet, meet, like getting, I hope I get like really cr- far off, but uh, I, it's just an experiment I had, but, but yeah, doing stuff like that. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to do YouTube and make, make interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm like, a, I'm like a total noob. I'm a, I'm a freshman on the internet. Cause I don't, I've never really, I've never really tried to do it. I've never, I don't, I don't do like that kind of stuff. I don't mess with technology much. I get up and dance uh, yeah. and I book tours. So, so this is all new to me, man. It's all new to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you know, because uh, I looked at your start date, and we actually started right around the same time, and somehow, some way, you're at episode 54, bro. You've been pushing it <laughs> out. I'm beyond this. This week coming up is 26 or 27, something like that. You're at 54. You are not, you don't slow down for nothing, man. How are you getting all these people? <laughs> man, that's just, that. that's the, my sister teases me about that. That's like, you know, my biggest strength and, and maybe weakness uh, is that I, like she she'll be like oh i like her her joke is that she's she'll be like oh i've really gotten into watercolor painting and then like a month later i'm like i'm like check out these 20 watercolors i made and she's like how did you do all of those so quickly and it's just like for i get really like i get like a singular track in my mind like yeah. for fun zones just like i was like i want to do this so i was just talking to people every day for like a little bit there now I'm, I'm i i burnt out i didn't do any for like a month and now i'm trying to like i'm like how can i sustain this what's well, like the healthy number of how many it can do but that's i mean it's the same with touring though like i just i am i'm always just like oh let's play a hundred shows in a hundred days people are like why why do that many that quickly i'm like i don't know i just really want to tour right now yeah. so maybe maybe it's because i'm impulsive but uh i just go for it I and you know it, whatever yeah <laughs> thank you though. I, pre- I appreciate that man it's uh i hope i hope people are liking it yeah if not if not I, i'll quit i don't know i'm not i'm not sold on it i'm just I'm still experimenting on the internet. I'm like, what do people want? What do people want? I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Well, you started this new thing that I personally want. Uh, I, I just listened to it the other day. It's the fresh mix. Uh, and bro, that, that is exactly what I personally am looking for. Somebody who's got different weird tastes to show me music from like that inspires them or they enjoy that I would have never heard of. And like you put, I don't know what, 14, 15 songs in that thing, man. I swear to you, yeah. I took six of them and put them on my, my playlist. That's only for me and Jenna. No one listens to that, but me and her, that's our secret one. They're that good. And I'm like, dude, he's killing it, man. That was just one yeah. episode. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, man. Hey, that means a lot. You know, I actually needed to hear that. Cause I'm, I, I need, I'll keep doing those then, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I was wondering if people would be interested in that. That's cool. Yeah. You know, that, that's a, it's a brand new idea that Spotify just, uh, unveiled that they're like allowing people to basically on a podcast format do like a radio dj show so it's like you can put songs into your podcast yeah um so yeah it, it's cool i basically it's made it like a radio show yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you like it no, man. Like, I, that's awesome. I love it man i love it you know it's like i had never heard of a single i've heard of the bands but none of the songs and i'm just like right. what like that's so cool that's what people need like you know because spotify does that whole song and dance where they're like hey you might like this song but they just i think they go by like beats per minute or whatever so all the songs sound the same but like right. all of your songs was like like there's a that like that, that that one with the weird uh time signature um what is it hot oh, blood, hot blood, by hot Don blood. yeah dude hot blood yeah. is stuck in my head for a week now <laughs> you know i pretty dude right on man yeah that song is crazy i'm, I'm so glad you like that <laughs> actually i immediately sent it to jenna and um i was like I just sent it to her, and she's like, what this? What is this? And I was like, well, Nordice is putting out a thing. You know, you should check it out. But it sounded like the most Jenna song I've ever heard. And she sent me back, obsessed. And now she's probably listening. I don't oh. even know how many times she's listened to that song. You know, it's just. <laughs> that warms my heart, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's been, it's been great. And uh, I'm actually excited because you had mentioned on that show that you're going to be doing um, more of like a deep dive of like some of this stuff that people might not know or bands like you, you talk about the, the Beach Boys and stuff like that, like. You know, the younger yeah. generation don't know any of their songs except for, like, the hits. So, like, I think right. that would be a cool avenue, especially because music is something that you're, like, on, dude. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, 
it's one of those things where it's like you don't think about like your music taste as being one of your skills or something you know what i mean it's like you just do it because you like it a lot yeah. you know when you and so i never really thought about that but when this idea came out i was like i i do just like obsess over music so maybe i can use my platform to like turn people on to new music if because that is something that i just am obsessed with old music and a lot of times i feel alone in that like i'm you know what i mean yeah, yeah like yeah. it used to be when you were younger and like like the internet has broken it but like it was like you shared music with your friends it was like hey you know oh we got to listen to the new album by this band and now yeah. it's just like everybody has their own plethora of genres and artists that they like and it's it's a lot rarer to like share that with somebody so for me getting a chance to like you know the fact that you like that song it's like cool now there's now i know one person who also <laughs> likes hot blood by don Kobe. so like that makes me happy yeah you know what man I mean? Yeah, I was actually having this conversation with a coworker of mine the other day about albums and like how long has it been like most people don't even finish albums. Like artists put a lot of effort into making an album a certain way. This song goes next to this one, this song does this, and it just kinda makes it right. flow to it. And most people find the hit, play the hit, and not hear any other other songs. And some of these B sides, C sides, Z sides, man, are like amazing from these bands, but you never totally. hear it because you don't have that physical album. You know, when you're when I was younger, you throw a CD or a tape in the car, and you you would know every song on that, even if it sucked. You'd know every song, mm -hmm. and now it's just like absolutely. You know, I only know his hit. Like, ah, boo! <laughs> I dude, yeah, I think about that all the time. Yeah, the whole thing is just totally changed. It, it's almost now like. The album, like the concept album, is like a luxury you get to have if you're like a major label artist. You know, like the only bands still successfully believe in this like model of records are either doing it in an alternative way where they're like an indie band who's like making a making a record, or it's like someone like Taylor Swift. Like she can get away with she's like, oh, here's my new album. Yeah. But like a lot of indie bands, it's more like they're like, why? I, I don't even should I even make an album or should I just make like Singles. an EP or like a if they do make an album, the album's like 20 minutes long and it's like seven tracks. You know, it's like a mini album or yeah, something. It's yeah. like, Cause it's like, it, I think bands are like, are, it's confusing because we all grew up listening to albums, you know, and then, but now it's like, do people want that still want albums? Like maybe like, I'm not saying they don't. It's just, we're kind of in a moment of reckoning where it's like, what, do, what is the just complete internet Spotify age? look like yeah how do you how do you still make music as an artist it, if you do make albums are you being like antiquated and like too old school like because you're like oh when i was a kid people liked albums <laughs> i'm gonna make an album and then all the kids on tiktok are like we don't care we just we only like the one song and you're like well like did i just waste all this energy yeah. or, you know it's 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 hard to know it's hard to know what to do anymore and also i guess who you're making music for i mean if you're making it just for yourself obviously you can do whatever you want but anyone who says they're doing it just quote unquote for themselves i mean if you're making it in any type of industry, there's some sort of collaboration of your your vision being compromised by reality or like by an industry. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It, yeah. yeah. And so, I was, uh, I, yeah, I yeah. was thinking that, um, you know, because there's been this like renaissance of uh, physical vinyl albums. You know, a lot of people have been going out and going to vinyl shops and getting it. And I was thinking, yes, now people are going to listen to the full album. And I still don't think it's working, man. Like, come on. Right, right, come right. on. And, like, it's just yeah, there's totally. a vibe you'll get. Like, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, one of my favorite albums of all time that you have to listen from beginning to end is uh, uh, Magician's Birthday by Uriah Heep. It's literally a full Ooh. story mm. about a wizard. It's amazing. And it's just, like, rock opera. And if you hear one song, you'll be like, that was okay. But if you hear the whole album, I'm obsessed with that album. It's actually on the back of this jacket right now, but it's all ripped up because I never take this thing off. But that is, like, yeah. my favorite album of, like, all time because it's 
it's its own thing. And they have other albums that are also their own thing. And it's just like, they sound completely different album to album, but the stories right. are so encapsulated in that. It's just, uh, I don't know. I feel like I don't want to get this on my soapbox cool. or whatever, but it's just like, ah, these kids. <laughs> right. So this is, let's see, The Magician's Birthday by Uriah Heat from 1972. I just pulled it up. I gotta, I've never listened to this, so I got to. Do my homework, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. If you like, uh, if right. you like wizards or metal, uh, you'll be good. <laughs> right, right. You know, so one, which I do, I do like this. Uh, it uh, an interesting idea about that is like, let's say, so that album by Uriah Heep came out in 1972. If you think about it, like that was really when that was becoming like late 60s to 70s is when, um the whole conceptual and longer album was happening. Like, yeah, I listened to, uh, and I went through this list while I was on tour. I just was going down this list, trying to find new music. And I did like, it was like the top 200 albums of the sixties. And they're almost all like 30 minutes long, you yeah. know? And, and because they've got an A side and a B side, both have like five songs. The songs are like two to three minutes. And it's like, and, and also they're, they're not conceptual at all. Like, or if they are, the concept is something very light. It's just like songs of romance or something, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, but I, I, I could be wrong in this. Maybe a historian will correct me. But the, I guess the Beatles were the first big band to be like, hey, let's make a really conceptual album like Sgt. Pepper yeah. or something, you know. And uh, so then moving into the 70s, like we could record music longer and like prog and stuff happens. And it's like we can record 100 tracks onto an album and we can make it longer. And we're like totally into the psychedelia and the conceptualism of music. It's almost like now in the spotify age we've gone back to almost like early 60s or even 50s when it was just like hey i'm chuck berry here's my song you know that that you know like i'm gonna yeah. sing a song called like the, the twist or whatever it's like i almost feel like the tiktok like the way songs are like more like novelty music and like single based it's like it's almost like we're on like a 70 year like cycle. Yeah. yeah, we're, yeah. We're like, we're going back to something from a long time ago. Cause everything we have known since like the sixties, since like the Beatles to now has been so much more conceptual and so much bigger. So it's not like, I don't know. I, I like, I just, I wonder if we're going back to something from just so long ago yeah. or, or, or if it's just like a fad or if we're going to figure out something. And, cause, cause people still love albums, you know, people still love, concept albums i i just don't know like or, or are we gonna go back to like the 50s because that's what it feels like to me it feels like the 50s or early 60s yeah just like you know, you know? we're all gonna do the twist and make a whole album of songs that are about the twist <laughs> yeah right yeah exactly it's like the old town road remix number four yeah featuring, featuring you know whoever it's like that's that's almost like what that is you know so and that's actually why so my album that i, I am working on an album and i've put out all of the singles that i've put out in the last mix in 2019 are going to be on this album. And I basically kind of took a sixties approach. Cause like, I love sixties music so much. And like the music genre that I'm working in, I kind of think of as like sixties pop. So I was like, since I have no idea what's going on in the music industry, I'm just going to put out singles like bands did then. Yeah. And like bands are, I guess doing again now and make an album. That's not as conceptual, but it's more just like in songs that I wrote. So I kind of spent the last couple of years doing that. And now it, that's going to come out in a few months, but, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, I was like, well, I guess I'll just combine the idea of that, that time period that I really did like 
and the modern time period and see what happens. If yeah, that makes man. sense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's that's the new the new songs are the one that's at the the album cover is black and it's got like a white drawing on it. Uh, uh wait, you're talking about my music? Yeah, your music. Um, the so I all of uh the singles like on Spotify like with the different album covers like Wisteria, Dolphins, yeah, yeah, time, yeah. all that. The, all of those are going to be on an album that doesn't exist yet. So <laughs> I've got I've got five I've got five more songs, uh, and then it will, and and those those five will be put with five singles that are already out, and it'll be like an album that that we're still working on. Got any uh, time frame for that, man? Just shoot for this year. It depends on if we can press it to vinyl, which I it has been in the talk. We're talking about doing that. I guess I'm talking about doing that. I say we sometimes when I should say I. <laughs> but uh, but but I am like we help like I have friends for helping me. It's like trying to figure it out. I mean, because vinyl takes forever to press. So if that happens in probably might be a little bit longer. But I'm already you know working on a new the new new. I'm working on like a new music beyond it. So. Just trying to get this stuff out, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got you. I got you. Well, we have been on yeah. this thing for uh, for a long time now. I, I lost the, the other recording was like 30, and now we're at 42. So uh, I'm going to do my final little bit uh, is a question. Well, okay. So I started this thing last thing, and it's so weird. It's like we're on this like same like wavelength, man. Like Before I even knew you were doing your new... <laughs> so I uh, decided the last episode that I recorded that I'm going to ask people what their favorite song is right now not of all time not something pretentious to change like you know like oh well you know i want people to think i'm cool i want to know what it could be anything whatever you listen to it today you just in your head you know i just want to know what people's uh favorite song is today and then i'm going to add it to a playlist and then i'll be able to rock that with throughout all the episodes so you got a favorite song of the day man (laughs) let's see here um I think my song of the day. Went, oh man, that's such a that's a really good idea, dude. That's a really good idea. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I'm gonna say this song. Uh, it's called "Theme from a Summer Place" or uh-huh. "A Summer Place" is the name of it. It's by um, I like the version by The Letterman. Mm-hmm. It's a '60s song. It was like I guess it was a theme for like a show or something because it it's called "Theme from a Summer Place" and it's very pretty. It's a yeah. little bit slower, so hopefully it matches makes it a good. Uh, Hopefully it fits in with the vibe of the mixtape, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just thought it was like very a cool, pretty. like fun idea, you know? Because like everyone's music, like we were talking, everybody's music tastes are wildly different, and it kind of would just give me more insight on the people that I'm talking to, and also like you know down the down the road, I don't have 54 episodes like like yourself here, uh, you know, but uh, down the road <laughs> I'll have a nice long playlist that I can be like, these are the people that I've talked to, like that day right. that was them, and I don't know, trying to be more. I'm trying to be more creative and weird, man. It's just so funny that like I had I probably the day you recorded um Fresh Mix is probably the first day I uh <laughs> first day I asked someone that question, man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Whoa, dude. Yeah, we're on the same wave, man. Yes, sir. For yes, real. Sir. That's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do uh I also do this every show, and this is your final question. And it's not gonna be about anything that we've uh been talking about, just to kind of throw some shit out there. Are you ready, man? Yeah, let's do it. All right. What was your favorite MTV reality show? I'm talking trash TV. Like Next, Pimp My Ride, Room Raiders. 
Because <laughs> you're of a certain age, man. Like I, me and Jenna were talking about this the other day, and like I am obsessed with Next because it was just like these college kids being dirtbags, and I loved it, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, for real. Oh man, I, I think mine might be. Actually, I think mine might be Pin My Ride. Yeah. I always said that was. Dope. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, no, wait, wait. Was was Cribs on MTV? Cribs was on MTV. <laughs> dude, that, no, that has to be it, dude. I thought that was so awesome, dude. I used to get so obsessed with that. I would watch, like, I, I love, I, something about it is just, I mean, it's still to this day, you love to see what people's pad looks like, you know Yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> it's, just, like, it's just so much fun. I think that has to be it for me, man. Yeah. What about Cribs? <laughs> just, just looking at their place? Because I always be like, man, I'll never be that rich when I watch Cribs. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it's totally right. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. If I ever am rich one day, I'm going to have a big minimalist house. I'm going to have like a, uh, every room must be all white. I'll be one of those crazy people with a crazy house. You walk in a room, it'll just take one vase with like a one flower. You're like, what is this room? I'm like, this is my meditating room. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to call the cops. Look at this dude's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I love Cribs. What was it? Uh, Method Man when he showed his house? Do you remember Method Man's Cribs episode? No. Where, like, he was like staying at like his mom's house. And like he's like, I'll show you where like the magic happens. He's like sleeping on a couch, but his like doorbell's broken. And he's just like, this is where I live. Or like Chris Pontius was on and he was currently wow. living in his car. So he did like a Cribs of his car that he was living out of. And he's like, yeah, just, I, I love that show, man. It's just That's rad. It. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't realize that. I got to see that. That's awesome. Yeah, man. They, they, I wonder if they do those reruns anywhere. It's like a... I don't know. Everything's on streaming now. You know, I'm sure that one of them has like has to have the rights to Cribs or something. There's probably some MTV only streaming platform they want twenty dollars a month for, and I ain't yeah, exactly. Money. Yeah, for twelve bucks a month, you can watch Cribs. You're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to watch a rerun <laughs> on YouTube, man. But, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, before uh, before I let you go, you got anything you'd like to plug, man? You want to plug the new album? You want to plug the show? Uh, Freeze TV? Anything? Throw it out there. I don't have a lot of listeners, but I'm sure they'd love to listen to you. Yeah, man. Well, you know, for anyone who's made it this far, thank you for listening to me talk. You know, like I appreciate that a lot. And, <laughs> and, uh, shout outs to you and thank thank you to Bitter and Jada for having me. Uh, if people want to keep in touch with me, I'm on a lot of different stuff. You know, like I'm doing, but uh, I think Instagram's where I probably post the most. Post the most and like uh, probably like at every day. You know what I mean? So if you get in touch with me there, you'll be able to like kind of see what all I'm doing and see my art and listen to music and. If I'm doing something, I'll probably post about it on there. But you yeah. can find me wherever. I mean, I'm on Facebook and TikTok, and you can email me, you can call me, you can do whatever. You can you can add me on Group Me, whatever you use. I don't know. <laughs> I'll definitely hit him up. This is like the chillest guy I've ever talked to in my entire life. <laughs> you know, it's been it's been awesome. And uh, if you're out there and you want to come on my show, just hit me up. You know, like I say every week, you know. Uh, visit my website at www.bitterandjadedpodcast.com or you can email me directly at bitterandjadedpodcast at gmail.com. And we, uh, we'll just get together. We'll talk about what makes you cool and hopefully it'll be just as cool as my friend Freeze over here. And uh, Yeah, man. <laughs> is there anything you want to say to the folks? I, I, I've been doing this thing where I've been kind of letting the guests end the show because I'm tired of me talking all the time. So if you had to say something, what, how would you want to end the show, man? Man, um... You know, I, I would just want to say to everyone out there, hang in there. I know times are tough right now, but, uh, you know, reach out to your friends and, you know, just do whatever you can day by day. Uh, tomorrow will worry about itself. You know, that's like a scripture I grew up 
had to memorize my dad had me memorize it was like uh don't worry about tomorrow tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough troubles of its own i think that's really true you know like yeah. each day does have its own stuff that you gotta deal with and if you can just make it every day and you know especially now more than ever just wake up and celebrate that day and just try to find ways to to be happy and because I, I mean times are really really tough and for so many people in so many ways um but yeah just take it day by day yes sir yes sir I, I love that man i love that and again thanks for hanging out with me for all this time it's been phenomenal and you're the best i appreciate you're it. the best josh thank you so much man <laughs> absolutely absolutely i'll talk to you later